It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another broadcast of The Unexplained World, a world for some of us, no explanation is needed. And for others, that is why we are here. With your hosts, Edward Chanahan, a psychic medium, paranormal explorer, and author, along with Annette, who is a pagan truth seeker. The Unexplained World is a location where the border between the natural and supernatural may become nothing more than fuzzy. So enjoy. Welcome to the April 28th broadcast of the Unexplained World with your host, Edward Shanahan. That's me and Annette. Hello, Annette. Hello, Ed. Hello, Ed. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Ed. Hi. Hi. (laughs) I'm having my nice hot cocoa tonight. Maybe that's what's making my voice seem like, you know, lower. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that was cute. Um, but we got a G-rated broadcast, so I'll keep it G-rated. So, um, hey, I, I I I seen a picture of you. It was taken yesterday, and were those yeah. fairy ears or what were those? Well, you know, the fairy queen that would be me okay. was at Earth yeah. Day promoting her, her Gnomes Day Out Fairy Festival. So yeah, I, my my fairy ears were sticking out a little bit. I tried to cover them with my hair, and I I don't think you could see my wings in the picture, could you? No, I no, I had those no, tucked no. way down into my t-shirt. So okay. okay. I was um, working with lots of little friends to let them know that Gnome is ready to see him at the fairy festival. What were you making? Oh, I was making states of Indiana, so children would learn how to know their place in space. And also, I had some great stampers that I just got, and kids can choose different parts of insects and learn about that insects have three body sections and six legs and two sets of wings, and they can pick and choose all different sizes and stamp them up to make their own bug. Oh, cool. Neat. Yeah. A fairy festival will be on June 15th at 1288 County Line Road in Michigan City. That's right, from 4 to 7 p.m. Okay, cool, cool. And is like it on Facebook at Gnomes Day Out? What's where is it at on Facebook? At Gnomes Day Out, all smashed together. You'll get there. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Listeners, tonight's guest will be Al Kirshner. He is um, the owner of Haunted Willow Creek Farm. I've been there a few times holding paranormal nights, and it's been a while. Go back. At least nine years, 2010 was the first time. And the cool thing about when we did our thing over there, we didn't have to listen for EMFs. We didn't have to re-listen the tapes. When I did my Circle of Energy seance, we actually, with our ears, could hear responses at times of spirits and a little girl and stuff like that. So Al will be on in about two or three minutes. Um, I also want to say on my end, I'm not booking anything because I'm booked up doing this or that or that and this until September 14th. And uh, that's the way it is. And busy, busy, busy. And 
So but you'll make a big comeback in September. I think even you're going to get oh, me out there's, there's, running oh, around yeah, there's with you the, in September. There's things going on that we're going to announce later. But um, okay. like I said, so if I can't book you now because everything's pretty well booked up, dates and promises and promises and dates. But uh, around September 14th, things died Maybe down. Maybe start a waiting list. Uh, I already got. I already got two people booked for September 14th. So, um, oh, okay, okay, okay. That yeah, gets it yeah. rolling. There's the beginning of that list. Then we got the 28th, which we'll talk about at a later date, and uh, we'll see what else happens. Good time to book for house parties now, instead of like happened last year. That oh, I'm having a party in two weeks, and then I got booked for two months. So. Good time if you want to sure, book. Yeah. To book. Yeah. Get your bid another in early. Thing, another thing I want to mention is uh, send me emails based on all oh, this is going on, and you think you may be this, you may be that, you may be because of this experience, that experience, and even received one that says, but I'm not going to tell you who I am at this stage. Um, folks, I pick up on energy. Things that go on with you, I cannot actually say what it is. That is something for you to discover on your own. As Annette knows, Annette knows me for years, long Mm -hmm, time. Long time. And before I was even doing this or as public as I've been, I asked questions, but I didn't tell her or ask her, Tell me how to do it. Tell me if I'm doing it right or wrong. Just get this message in that. What What do you think? You see what I'm saying? And yeah. I don't think I ever came to you and said, am I doing this right or wrong? So that stuff you got to discover on yourself. And that's how you, I would have to say, advance from level this level to that level to a higher level to a higher level. Because we're all different. If I tell you what to do, I'm telling you what works for me. That's right. Now it works and that's for a, you. That's the advice I would give you if you came to me and asked me, am I doing it right or wrong? Yeah. I would exactly say what you just said. Yeah. Everybody's going to be different. I might give you some right. tips, some guidelines, something to help you focus better, whatever. But What you have. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and that may show. No instruction book. Yeah, no, there isn't. And that may throw a badass payback ball at you, <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> or at somebody, um, be it a wish, desire, or whatever. Um, and I may go about a different route. So we're all different. And me and her shared ideas or thoughts, and uh, that's that. What do you say we get to Al right now? What do you think? Ooh, I'm excited to hear about his experiences. He's been there so long. Yeah, let's get him on. All right. Button. Hello, Al. Hey, good evening, Ed and Annette. How are you? Fine, thank you, Al. Long time, stranger. It sure has been. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, You've been occupied. I've been occupied. Uh, the house is, your house is always occupied. It's occupied. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the time. Yeah, but I haven't yeah. forgotten yeah. your visits at and Circle of Energy. They, uh, they were pretty dramatic events. That's why I put on this, if, if, if listeners go to the page that's hosting this on-air broadcast, you will, um, you will. There's a link there to the one where we had the little girl. Remember, you even asked if I had that still. Um, oh yeah, a few years ago. Yeah, there's a link there to the little to the circles, my circle of energy seance, where we actually heard. We've heard that in the past. We heard a wolf or a, a growling in the past, if you recall that one. Um, yes. Yeah, we've. Uh, there's a couple of other uh, experiences we had there hearing, but we also had experiences with the physical end of it, too, with those participating. And that cool thing 
people can see if they go to the website the cool picture we have on there of something that appeared. Remember, Al? I, you, well, the picture's yeah. up there on that page. So. Um, That's pretty amazing. Cool. I think what's yeah. interesting, Ed, is the times that you held your circle of energy. Not only did you record things with electronic equipment, but there were physical manifestations as well, um, in particular audio. But uh, do you remember the time that the basement door to the old basement opened by itself? And um, there was some negative energy that evening, and a piece of equipment was slammed to the floor. Um, so Footsteps heard upstairs the, in the past? Yeah. Yeah, and some of the events or some of the things that were uh, collected were subtle. Others were not so subtle. They were pretty much in your face. So yeah. um, each of the, uh, the circle of energies that you held, I think it was three or four, mm-hmm. um, really – illustrated the energy of the farm. It's a pretty unique place. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, back then you had the barn even, which was cool. And yes. uh, an act of in itself for its own reasons. And yeah. uh, it's been a while. The thing with me is at times after I've done something so often, I know the, you know, I know things are there. So it's like, Oh, okay, let's let's look for other things. Um and in all reality I haven't I just I haven't been to any of the known locations. I've actually been looking for or discovering new locations. And uh we got something coming up the twenty eighth of September that's um may take me all the way back to our extreme seance that I had few years ago. Tell us, but, Ed, can we ask a little bit about the farm? I mean, from somebody who has no idea what's going on here. Um, Al, obviously you've stayed there a long time. How long have you been there now? I'm in my 12th year at the farm. 12 years. Okay. So obviously whatever kind of entities or spirits that we're talking about haven't scared you away. Are you more intrigued? Uh, now I'm very matter of fact. Initially, within the first month and a half, I drove round trip to Rockford one evening. I think it was a weekend. And that was a 120-mile round trip because I was so frightened. Um, I wanted, I visited with friends. One of uh, was a couple. Um, Elizabeth is psychic. And I told them, I don't think I can stay there. I think within the next couple of weeks, I'm going to put the house on the market. But at some point I realized I wasn't in harm's way and there was no reason to sell it. In fact, I probably should stick it out and see where the path took me. And it's been an amazing journey, which has given me what I believe are insights um, that are different from many people's insights, especially on uh, the paranormal side of uh, the community. I'm drawn more to the afterlife uh, crowd these days. And that's a part mm. that's a result of my journey where I've ended up, and who knows where it's going to lead me. Okay, now you can you tell us a little Go ahead, Annette. I'm sorry, Ed, go ahead. I was just going to ask if you could tell us about a few of his experiences so we can maybe get an idea of the intensity of the visitations or the interactions. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, most recently, my personal experience, touching on what you discussed uh, in the intro to this evening's program, um, I believe I had an experience with a fairy, which at the time oh. I, I, yeah, I thought was, was, I don't know how to put it. I can't put it politely. I thought it was kind of silly because I okay. live in a world of spirits and ghosts and not fairies. But I was sitting okay. at the dining room table. The cats were around me. I just finished supper and there were footsteps pretty loud that ran from the kitchen. There's one continuous room, kitchen, dining room, and family room. It's a big, one big room. And it ran from the edge of the kitchen dining room across the ceiling of the dining room to the edge of the family room in the dining room. Now, it was louder. The footsteps, there were little patter, footsteps, running footsteps, and they were louder than squirrels, louder than mice. Unfortunately, living out in cornfields, we do have mice. They can get into the walls. But this is no, very I different. <laughs> and it captured the attention of the cats. Um, they followed it the whole way, looking up at the ceiling. And what's interesting about this is the way the joists run in the living room. 
They run north to south. There's no way an animal could have run from the west at the edge of the kitchen across the ceiling to the east to the family room. Right. So this was the week of St. Patty's Day, interestingly enough. And there's something um, I've been doing with some friends of the farm, as I call them. Um, We decided they have a haunted factory in a town about 14 miles away. For 25 years, they've been dealing with the aspects of the occurrences that happen there, including their employees. It's a small factory, employs 30 to 40 people. And they decided at some point they wanted to investigate. So they went beyond their experiences at the factory, bought equipment, and went to other places and investigated. Um, I was contacted by Craig, who's a husband and wife and their son, and I was contacted by Craig, who asked me, how can you live there? I said, well, pretty simple. I know I'm not in danger. Why don't you come and talk? Well, there's some of the converts, people who have experienced the farm and come to realize it's something more than the Great Adventure Amusement Park, oh, scary. So we've started, we wanted to do something different. And for the past year and four months, three months, we've been doing Ouija board sessions. And they started out being a lot of gobbledygook. Um, So Mm -hmm. yes or no answers at best, a lot of Mm -hmm. um, letters strung together that were meaningless. Now um, we are being guided by the 22 regular spirits we've identified three times, some of whom are actually... um, biogenetic family, um, others who we have, we really have no knowledge of, but they're very engaged in this. And it seems the more we do it, the more comfortable the spirits become and the more they open up. So we asked one of the spirit guides at our most recent session, uh, what created those footsteps? And it was a male who's attached to Craig. And the spirit said, um, fairy we all kind of chuckled Mm -hmm. with that and so we then asked or I asked is it here the answer was no and then I asked will it come back and the answer was yes and I asked am I in harm's way and the answer was no I then asked well is there anything I need to do and the answer was candy now I was going to say cake and milk (laughs) okay yeah so if Apparently, in the lore of fairies, if you Mm -hmm. give them offerings, they'll leave you alone. Mm -hmm. And they like candy. So Mm -hmm. guess what I went out and did? Anything (laughs) sweet? I went out and bought candy. And I asked, well, where should I put this? And the response on the board was, bedroom. And I said, there are three bedrooms. Which one? And the response was, yours. And I thought, oh, I better (laughs) talk to the matriarch of the spirit family and ask if it was okay to put candy in the bedroom. So I asked the same questions. What made those footsteps? And the response was imp. I then asked, is it still here? No. Will it come back? Yes. Am I in danger? No. Then if I'm not in danger, why do we worry about this? Let it come and go as it pleases. And the response was dirty little imp. (laughs) So I asked, okay, is there anything I should do? And the response was candy. And then I asked, well, I said, Joe said to put it in um, a bedroom. Which bedroom should I put it in? And the response was ours. Um, Mm. So that's the most recent personal experience. And that's a far stretch from a lot of the other things that I've experienced at the farm. But I take it pretty seriously. Sure. Uh, and it, it just is, again, an illustration. I mean, I think Ed can attest to this. Willow Creek is a haunting, like other hauntings. Um, spirits are all around us. But the farm's very personal. It's, it's on a different level, um, mm-hmm. which was illustrated this weekend when people were there visiting. And um, there are seven regular spirits at the farm. And I think the thing that makes it the most unique is that in my first oh, six weeks to two months there, I was told by two very gifted mediums that there was a woman who was generally found upstairs and she died between the age of 32 and 34 um, in the mid-1800s. And she had two daughters, a 10-year-old named Mary and a four-year-old named Lily. 
and the descriptions, even eye color, clothing, physical attributes, were almost identical between these two mediums who told me this story within a month of one another. One was from Atlanta and did a remote reading, and that's a whole story in itself. The other was a, a local um, woman married to a friend of mine through work, um, was a coworker, and repeatedly over the years, gifted people have told the same story over and over again in greater or lesser detail. The punchline is that uh, it was about five years that I'd lived there, and nobody ever made a connection between this woman and the two girls and me, other than there was some connection. That was acknowledged. So a friend of mine called me and said, hey, I was talking to a guy I know the other day, and he has a friend who's a channeler. She'd like to see what her gift, experience her gift at a haunted location. Do you know of one? And my friend said, oh, you betcha I do. So they came over on a Saturday afternoon, and Ariel, the channeler, went through the house. She didn't go outside. I, I had the barn still at that time. I hadn't taken it down. And the machine shed. Um, both were haunted. The machine shed still is, as far as I know. But she went through the house and identified in pretty substantial detail the seven spirits that are there, including the woman, Sarah, the 10-year-old Mary, and the 4-year-old Lily. So as they were leaving, I said, you know, no one's ever explained um, anything about Sarah's husband or the girl's father. And Ariel looked at me and she left, which I thought was kind of rude. I was just making a statement. And I asked her, what's so funny? And she said, you don't get it. And my response was, no, I guess I don't. Why don't you clue me in? And she said back to me, you really don't get it. Oh, my God. And I said, no, I don't. Please tell me. She said, that's your wife and daughters from a past life in the 1800s. So that's something that makes this a very unique location in itself, just that story. Um, but besides that, um, God, I can go on endlessly. Last, uh, not last night, the night before, the group that was up from um, visiting from Missouri, Nevada, and Ohio, the first thing, within 45 minutes, usually things happen there, and they saw two of the women were outside, and they saw at the second level, I don't know what you would call it, ectoplasm, um, undulating, oh. very substantial, uh, not a faint mist, but almost solid white undulating outside the second floor, one of the second floor windows. Um, so that's typical of things that people have seen. They've seen full-bodied apparitions. Um, we heard voices Friday night um, audibly. The K2 uh, at the farm seems to behave differently than at other places. It's not unusual to have it um, go off and go from the green through the yellow to the red, um, flash almost like a strobe light or stay pinned to the red. Um, the audios, of course, last night or Friday night, people were touched. And we had something really interesting happen. There were blue lights. Um, one of the women was hmm. taking random photos, and she got, got small very small, almost pin light, blue lights from underneath the dining room table rising up and partially surrounding um, one of the members of the, the group. Now, this particular member has been through a very serious illness recently, is on the recovery. Um, I didn't probe and ask for details, but it is serious. And there's a real healing nature, apparently, to the farm. A year ago, uh, I had a friend... Um, who had a, a lifelong friend who used to be an investigator. They would go investigate, um, and my friend Vanjie's a ghost magnet. But Val called me, and we talked for 45 minutes, and she's uh, apparently a, was a very good medium. And, and, and we were on the same page as far as our philosophy goes about what's really going on. So I got a phone call from Val, and she asked me if she, I'm sorry, not Val, from Vanjie, if she and Val could come to the farm and visit. For the past decade, I have been working um, frequently out of town and commuting long distances. At that time, my assignment was in Indianapolis. 
And I used to make the round-trip commute every two weeks. So I said, sure, go ahead. Here's the combination of the garage door. Go on in. Let's show Val around and, you know, have at it, which they did. And then then she got back to me and thanked me, and I told her, too, how to close the garage door uh, as they left, but she told me the most amazing thing happened. We walked upstairs, and all of a sudden there were hundreds of pin lights, white pin lights, that rushed up the stairs towards us. And unfortunately, they were captured on a phone but erased by Val unintentionally. Um, but there's no reason, Vanjie has no reason, I've known her for a while, to create a story. She doesn't need the attention. So on their way out, she couldn't remember exactly the combination to close the garage door. <laughs> and she mentioned that to Val, and Val said, oh, uh-oh, we're stuck in here. What are we going to do? And Vanjie said, don't worry, we'll go out through the other back door. Just as she said that, the garage door opened. Um, a month after that visit, uh, Val had been ill for a long time and she died. So Ooh. our belief is, based upon what happened this past Friday and what happened to Val, is this is healing energy. Um, mm-hmm. So those are some of the things that have happened. There are other stories. I think what's most in, interesting about the farm um, is are the connections. And I can tell you a story about that if, if you want to hear it. Yeah. Now, before you go on, can can you give us the names and relations of the spirits in the house? Yeah. Um, because I remember there was a doctor, et cetera, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, um, Dr. Graham. Well, let me start with Big Mike. Big Mike was the first spirit we encountered, and that was the night that I moved in. And um, Big Mike is also the spirit that gave me a bear hug. Uh, on Tuesday, the 26th of December, 2006, and then on Thursday, the 28th. And I'm here to tell you that it wasn't my imagination. It was excruciating, and I yelled out, stop it, and it stopped immediately. So that's Big Mike, and I think that was a test to see if I'd hang around, and I did. Um, There is, I talked about uh, Sarah and the children, there was Joe, who's an African-American. He was in the new basement. The story behind him was he came up after the Civil War, um, but he was fear-based and hadn't crossed over because he came across a couple of white guys who were beating a, a young 20-something, that's the story, senseless. And so he jumped in and he stabbed one of the guys, and the guy he stabbed died. Um, so he was afraid of crossing over. Now, these are reports by mediums. And have I had physical encounters with the two I've just mentioned? Yes, absolutely. Also with Sarah and with the two girls. Um, then there was a doctor. You're talking about the doctor. He's actually part of the history of the house. Uh, William and Mary Boardman in 1837 38 settled the land around the property that I currently own. Uh, they had two daughters. And they married two brothers who came over from Liverpool in the 1850s and a lot of tragedy. David and Mary, who lived in my house, David and Mary Holmes, um, they, uh, sorry, catches the knock over glass of water. But anyway, <laughs> they had 13 children who died, and they're all buried in the cemetery up the road. Um, the, uh, so Dr. Graham, was a local physician in Shannon, Illinois. And in 1863, three years after Mary Boardman's husband's death, William and Mary, who homesteaded the, the place in 1837, Dr. Graham married and Mary Boardman. Have, have and um, he's the only spirit that we believe had a direct connection to the house. Uh, who else is there? Then there's Anna. Anna's pretty interesting. Anna was first reported when I had a couple friends over on Halloween 2007, and she wears all black, um, had black hair, very pale, early 40s, perhaps turn of the century. That was the first report of Anna. Then later on, there was a report by a paranormal team that came out of family, actually, and they told me they had a... uh, they had a young girl at their house. Their house was haunted. And the uh, husband reported Anna, and he described Anna in 
great detail, and it matched the description I got on Halloween in 2007. Anna stood or stands in the uh, living room at the front of the house and looks out through the window to the road as though she's waiting for somebody. wasn't long after this group did their investigation, they wrote to me and said, Anna's here with us. We think she's bonding with a little girl spirit in our house. Fast forward a few years, and there was a paranormal team that came, and one of the women was uh, standing outside, and she looked up to the second floor, and she saw a woman all dressed in black, maybe 40s, um, hair black, jet black hair piled up on top of her head. And so she waved because she thought, uh, because of the black clothing, that it was the group's organizer. And the woman upstairs turned her head to the side, smiled, and waved back. Um, and this was in the first half hour or so of the group being there. So she ran inside. I was talking to the group's organizer, and she explained what had happened. It was her first full-bodied apparition in eight years of investigating. Um, then if we fast forward again, um, there's another incident, uh, same description, similar uh, experience. And then most recently in one of our Ouija board sessions, um, the planchette changed. Somebody new was on the board, and we asked who it was and what's your name. And the response was Natalie. And so we talked with Natalie, and we asked Natalie, is there anybody else here? Yes, my sister. What's her name? Anna. Oh. So we asked Anna to talk with us, and she came on the board. And I had a suspicion. So we asked about how old she was, and she gave us an age in her early 40s. And we asked her what year was it. I think she said 1910, something up to that effect, early 1900s. And I asked what kind of clothing she was wearing. And she said a long dress, all black. And I asked what color was her hair. And she said, jet black. And I asked, well, how do you wear it? And she said, piled up. And I asked, have you been here before? And she said, yes, I have. So I asked, well, where? Was there a particular room that you spent time in? And her response was, yes, the living room. So (laughs) there's consistency there. Um, Again, I can't prove any of this purely speculation, but I think when we talk about the supernatural, really it is speculation, although science is getting closer to explaining what's really going on, but um, those, I think that's everybody that I've covered that's there right now. Al, you and I are a lot on the same page as far as spiritual world and stuff like that goes. We've had discussions in the past, and the ability of the living thinking they could control the spirit side. Um, now, when you have people at your place, how does one go about getting their approval from you to experience what you experience every day? Um, when I talk with people, I'm looking for people who understand what I believe is really happening. Uh, As I mentioned, I've moved away from the paranormal investigating world and the TV shows and more towards the afterlife group. The afterlife crowd believes that life is eternal. When we die, that's not it. And they're not trying Mm -hmm. to prove anything. Uh, I Mm -hmm. still have people that want to prove, debunk. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Whether the farm is haunted. It's not haunted. You're wasting your time. I mean, it's not haunted. It is haunted. It's not worth trying to spend your time to disprove or debunk. So Mm -hmm. I'm looking for that. And as far as my evolution, um, I was fear-based because I bought into a lot of the Hollywood stuff. I allowed investigations for the past, what, 10, 9 years? 9 or 10 years, I don't allow them anymore. I think it's intrusive because we're dealing with people. Um, as Andrea Perrin, um, whose book, House of Darkness, House of Light, um, was the inspiration, although not very accurately, for The Conjuring, says, when we die, we transform. So the body ceases to function, and we continue on what I call our unique energy signal. We label the soul, 
continues for eternity. And that's promised in the Bible, other social uh, societies, mm-hmm. other religious beliefs all around the world uh, and mm-hmm. has right. been for thousands of years. Um, I also have been interested in reading some books recently. I read Journey of Souls by Michael um, God, I can't remember if it's Keaton, I think. But a fascinating book, um, worth the read to give some insights into possibly what, what does happen after we die. So I'm looking for people who are who want something more than just a cheap thrill. They want to make a connection. And from conversation, I can tell pretty quickly. And I think that's what my paranormal nights or whatever you want to call it, provided people there was a connection because um, I never came in there to disprove or prove. I no. just you know, brought people in there to have the experience of what your place offered and the peop- and the right. spirits there. Yeah. And uh, that's where we usually, and out of the respect to you and them, I never try to cross them over or any of the, you know, uh, things we've experienced before is you and I've experienced others attempting. Um, well, I, I find a lot of people um, in the paranormal community pay lip service to the concept of eternal life. What's interesting is physics more and more is beginning to show that that's a real possibility. Um, also the medical profession but even though people pay lip service, I'm not sure they quite get it. And maybe I'm in a unique position. So that's mm-hmm. why I have a different perspective. But to me, it's very real. It's very matter of fact. I'm very matter of fact about it. It's not paranormal. It's normal. Mm-hmm. Sweet. <laughs> Go ahead, Annette. So, Al, Al, what's very interesting to me um, is you mentioned that Sarah and the girls are a manifestation of a past life of your own wife and daughters. Is that what I heard correctly? You did. Okay. So that would lead me to believe that when we move forward and accept a new physical form in reincarnation, that we're leaving behind a remnant or a trace of our former selves in almost an alternate dimension Am I thinking straight there? Does that seem right to you? Uh, I'm pretty much on the same page. Okay. But I'm not sure that we're leaving a remnant because my interpretation of that, it would be residual energy. And this is not at all. This is very intelligent energy. Okay. So what do you tell me some more about what you think about that? Is there a a piece of the soul? Yeah, go ahead. Well, I want to start with a fact that I just, I love sharing this, especially in person, because I generally get get the deer in the headlights look. (laughs) Reincarnation has been a basic premise of Christian teaching up until 553 AD. And the Emperor Justin and who was really behind this in a recent, some recent reading I did was really his wife. And it's all about control and power. Oh, and so yeah. The, yeah, so the Council of Nicaea, um, besides other things, uh, amongst the things they did, including um, eliminating the Gnostic Gospels, which are really fascinating reads, mm-hmm. um, they eliminated reincarnation. And it's taken me years to embrace it, but now I fully embrace it. So the story behind Sarah, and I do believe it, is... Number one, what I should explain, the concept is or the idea is the belief that she is she and I are twin flames. Okay. Now, if people aren't familiar with that, that's very different than your soulmate. And by the way, in my opinion, people misinterpret soulmate. It's not the love of your life. It's your guide. This, your soulmate could be deceased. Your soulmate could even be living. But in some way, their energy supports you in your path through life. As far as the twin flame, this is, comes from um, ancient Hinduism, where when the one, the creator, God, whatever term you want to use, mm-hmm. um, created us. He created man and woman. 
And we go our separate ways and our separate paths in life. And generally we're not together, uh, certainly not in the living. That's very rare. Occasionally we are together when we're both alive, although we may not know one another when we meet, if we do. But usually it's one is in heaven or wherever it is we reside, mm-hmm. and the other is living. And what I believe is, so that's the explanation of a twin flame. And we've confirmed through Ouija board sessions, I know that's not evidence, I don't claim that it is. But your Based on my experience. Okay. Yeah, it's my experience. I think it's really valid. And, and it's another form of communication. So spirit exactly, communication. Yes. That's it exactly. There are multiple forms. And this is one I happen to be participating in right now. But um, mm-hmm. we've confirmed Sarah and I are twin flames. And, and that what I think is that we go to that place called heaven. Mm-hmm. And in Sarah's case, she wanted to come back to be with me, but was told, no, no, no. Al has lessons to learn on his own, but you can be with him in spirit. Um, And I think that's what's happened. And what's interesting to me is I have been um, embraced by her, touched by her. We have EVPs. There's one EVP that's rather amazing. A group was down from Minnesota. Unfortunately, they didn't capture their question. But the question was, how do you feel about Al? And we have an EVP, woman's voice, that says, I love him. Oh. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot for me to emotionally, mentally handle, because it's, to me, it's, it's, it's really out there. Uh, but yeah. this is my life, and I had a choice. I, I've had lessons of life reinforced, no new ones introduced, but I had a choice, I believe or not. And if I chose to believe, it was a matter of faith, just like God and church and whatever your religious or spiritual beliefs are. It's not concrete. There's got to be a leap of faith. So I think, I think that our loved ones have a choice. They can come back and they can be with us in spirit form if they choose to do so. Right. Very nice. Al, you're Very a great nice. guest. I'm so excited to hear you tell us your story. That's wonderful. Well, it's a story that I really want to get out there. Um, I don't have, unfortunately, some of the notoriety or acknowledgement that other known haunted locations have. Hopefully when I get my book out there, which maybe it will get to the editors here, that's the goal anyway, um, it's going to be a very different story. It's it's not going to be about the ooh scary it's going mm-hmm. to be, the, the ooh scary is in there, but there's science, there's medical science, and there is religion, mythology, etc. to sort of explain the experiences that I've had. And the chapters are divided into different topics like shadow figures, strange phone calls, etc. And do we have time for me to give a, an example of connections? Sure. sure. Okay. We have like 17 minutes left. Okay. Good. So um, this is what is really truly amazing about the farm. Now this group that was here over, well, arrived Friday and left Saturday morning. And we're going to another known haunted location in Illinois. And what I told them is this will be like any other, unlike any other experience you'll ever have, which is a pretty bold claim, but it's not just my claim. It's other people in the past or the past decade who have visited, um, who have had lots of experiences, who are maybe very gifted as mediums, that they will tell, they will claim this is a really different, unique haunting. And I don't even like that word particularly to describe a place, but because it's very personal. If mm-hmm. Sarah and Lily and Mary, Mary not so much, she's not always there, but Sarah and Lily want to interact with you, you'll know it. Um, so, I got a phone call when I was coming back from, actually it was Willow's Weep in Indiana with Amelia Cotter. And we were both down there for a meet and greet, a day long meet and greet. And I was on, we were on our way back to Chicago and I got a phone call. Uh, and a woman said, you've got to call Betty. Now, this woman's name is Holly. She's a gifted medium. She's been to the farm and she's a friend with Holly. Holly, I met through, um, oh, what the heck was the name of it? It was a media site, and um, it was about focused on social media, focused on people with supernatural experiences and ghosts. Um, Mm -hmm. And so Betty was one of the first people 
I, uh, I had contact with from the general public, and that was all the way back in 2007. And Holly said, you've got to call Betty. Okay. So I called Betty. And I said, Betty, um, Holly just called me. She said, I have to talk with you. And Betty said, oh, my God, yeah. She said, my granddaughter was over the other day, Savannah. Now, at the time, Savannah was six years old, and now she's nine, so this is three or four years ago. And Savannah asked me, Grandma, who's the little girl? And they said, well, Savannah, what do you mean, who's the little girl? <laughs> the little girl in the other room. And Betty said, sweetie, there's no little girl here. We know there's a little boy. Now, Savannah is, uh, was, is an extremely gifted medium for a, a young child. And, of course, we know that we, are, we don't have our guard up in our early years, four, six, seven, eight years old. So Betty said, well, I, I, I don't think there's a little girl here. Oh, yes, there is, Grandma. And so Betty asked, well, what does she look like? And Savannah described Lily to a T, including her clothing, oh. eye color, hair color. So Betty had a suspicion and wanted to check it out. And she asked Savannah, what's the little girl's name? And Savannah said, I can't tell. And Betty said, well, we know the little boy we talked to here. His name is Paul. So can't you tell me the little girl's name? Because I'd love to talk with her. And Betty finally wore down Savannah. And Savannah said, oh, okay, her name is Lily. Oh. Now Betty's in a mild state of shock. So she probed some more. And, and uh, Savannah said, and I met her mommy. She's very pretty and she's very nice. And they live in a farmhouse. And we go, I go there with Billy, and we play with her dollies. And there are two that I really like, and they're on the bed. But Billy lets me play with them, but I can't have them because they are hers. So fast forward, and three months later, and I don't know if you might have been part of this cruise, actually. There was a paranormal cruise that mm, Betty went no. on. Oh, that, okay. yeah. Okay, so I was going to yeah. ask you if that's. Betty from Wisconsin, okay. It is, it is, okay. exactly. So Betty went on a cruise, and while on the cruise, it was paranormal-focused, uh, while on the cruise, mm. she met a woman from Phoenix who was a medium. And during one of their discussions, the woman said, you know, your granddaughter is very gifted. And Betty said, oh, yes, we know that. And the woman said, well, don't discourage it. Of course, Betty replied, because her, her daughter is gifted too, well, we don't. But we're careful. We listen because she's innocent. She could make a connection with negative energy, and we don't want that to happen. And the woman said, oh, don't worry. She said she's protected. Your granddaughter is a spirit traveler, and she has a little friend around four years old with blonde hair and blue eyes from the 1800s, and she lives in a farmhouse. And Savannah goes with her to the farmhouse, to the little girl's room, and they play with her dolls. Oh, my. And, yeah. So that's what makes the farm unique and special are the connections, and that's the message I'm trying to get across. You know, just death is just another um, part of our journey. And mm -hmm. if you're open to it and you're really observant, there are amazing things going on around us, which is why I've opened up the farm for 12 years now to the general public at no charge. I want people to experience this, and it gives you a whole new perception on life in general. It sure makes and you a lot less fearful of death. Absolutely. Yep. And yep. the cool thing about the general public, um, most of them, i got to say they accept a spirit world easier than with the paranormal field. <laughs> yeah. Except, you know, um, with the house parties I do and everything, they're all like, oh, yeah, you know, we have experiences. We've had this. We had that. There's no have to prove it, you know. So, um, no. And yeah. the other thing, Ed, that I find is even if people accept it to a point, they're very fear-based. I was when I moved in there. I was terrified. Mm -hmm. Of what was going on around me, but there's no What's reason. The unknown. Now, is, well, is there negative energy? Yeah, we've had two, well, a few bad incidences at the house. Um, so, is there negative energy? Yeah, 
my claim is that you're really generally not in physical harm. The potential is there for emotional harm, and that's mm-hmm. the danger. And we really don't know what we're dealing with. Everything I'm telling you and the listeners are hearing me say, you can take and throw it all out the window if you want because I can't prove any of it. We're, de- we're, we're speculating. Um, so you do have to tread with some caution. But for the most part, it's really amazing. Um, it's a connection between everything. It's about, I don't want to sound like a 1968 hippie, but it's about love. It's about that mm-hmm. connection. And it's about a higher energy and, and learning from that. So that's my shtick. That's what I try and promote and sell. Al, do you think that there's something special about the location of the farm that makes it so open to being able to view, feel, connect with these spirits? I'm going to give you something special. Al, let me say this. I got to say this. Whenever I went to the farm, I could not get a phone connection. (laughs) I had to drive all the way down to the end of the street. To make a phone connection, there is, which is why, here. which is why I'm sitting in a, a friend's house in Freeport, Illinois, to make <laughs> sure that the, there are cell phone. I'm calling on a cell phone. The connection wouldn't get dropped every five minutes. Yeah, um, yeah. And that I think, okay. So I'm using the popular theories. Um, yeah. I live in really fertile farmland that has a lot of limestone, which is quartz. There's okay. a creek. Oh, got it. Mm-hmm. And there's a creek running through the property. I live on Spring Valley Road. And I would <laughs> caution your listeners, never buy a property on a road or a street that has spring in the name. Um, so there's a ton of water. There's limestone courts. And there are layers of history. There's a big Native American presence. And one of the most amazing photos ever captured there was captured in 2008, and it, it, it clearly, well, I can't say clearly. You have to really look at it, but I've um, converted it from color to black and white. I've outlined the figure, but it is clearly a figure that looks very much like either the Sac or Fox, who were the primary nations um, in that area back in the 1800s. And in um, that so there one are layers night- of history. One night there, yeah. The one night we had one night there at your place. That we're sitting out there. If you recall, we were hearing the Indian drums, yeah, across this land, and it was yeah. the most amazing thing. That's, yeah, well, it was I'll, fantastic. I'll tell you one of the stories I remember, and I gotta. There's so many stories I can't cram them all into one book, but one I remember, Ed, was a. Uh, I don't remember which visit it was. But you guys were out in the barn, around the barn, and you heard footsteps on the roof. Right. That's, that's an impossibility. Um, so there's just tons of energy. The other night, they heard someone walking up the, the gravel, up the drive towards them when they were standing outside. Um, they saw a blue light in one of the trees. Couldn't explain it at all. Um, so it's a, I say it's a magical place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You say that the willow tree? It's gone. Uh, the poor thing succumbed to uh, a big windstorm. It was splitting <laughs> from the main trunk into two huge branches, and eventually it was going to go. And mm-hmm. we had, is it two years this summer ago, we had a big windstorm and took one of the branches down, so I had to take it all down. But okay. I planted three willows, symbolically the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I don't know if that means anything, but I have three yeah. willows that I planted. Uh, as soon as I took that down, they're over by the creek. Okay, cool. So, and are that? there any other... Well, here, another story for you. A Sarah story. For some reason or another, I, as I was writing the book, I said, well, let me build the cover. Let me come up with a cover concept. And I happened to be in Applebee's in Freeport, 
and having dinner, and I talked with one of the waitresses who I knew and told her what I wanted to do. I needed a photographer, but someone who could morph things. And she said, oh, I have a customer. Let me put you in touch with her. So I, I did get in touch with Lisa Warden, and her husband came down from Wisconsin. And um, prior to that, um, I asked a friend of mine, his daughter, who was uh, 20 at the time, and has dirty blonde hair, if she would be willing to model. And she, she said, sure, that would be a lot of fun. So, oddly enough, there's a costume shop in Freeport. And I found a dress with a white background and little blue periwinkles, um, white lace around the, the collar, and also around the wrists. I also found a gray apron. And I found black lace-up boots from the 1800s, a replica. So I got the costume. Um, Faith, I took Faith to her hairdresser, and we researched 1830s, 40s hairstyles of a prairie woman, and she had her hair done like that. And so Lisa and her husband came down. On the day we were going to shoot some photos, Um, Faith came over, and we talked, I introduced everyone, and we talked, and then Faith went into the bathroom and changed. And for some reason or another, I put the K2 out on the dining room table. Faith came out, and the K- K2 was like a strobe light and pegged in the red. Huh. Okay. And Faith was supposed to be my representation of Sarah. So by extension, I believe Sarah was right there with us and was really excited to see herself in the flesh, so to speak. We went outside. It was a very cold day. It was really windy. Lisa took some shots. We came back inside. She took some shots on the inside with a white background of the wall so she could play with her the photography. And then we talked a little bit more. Faith changed. And uh, when we came back in, the K2 went crazy again. As they were leaving, I said goodbye it stopped. It never went off again the rest of that day or at night or the next day. Wow. Again, connections. Now we got three minutes to go. Where can people find, besides us typing in Willow Creek Farm, where can they find information about your... Do you have a site? Um, Do you have... Yeah, on Facebook... Uh, my website was hacked, so I've dropped that. But on Facebook, type Haunted Willow Creek Farm. And if you mm-hmm. really want to get a taste for the farm, go to YouTube, type Living Dead Paranormal Haunted Willow Creek Farm. It's quite a video. There's a full-bodied apparition. You can hear Lily say, hey, um, stuff dragged around while they were recording. It's pretty amazing. We have Scott right now 865,000 views. Thank you. Thank you. For my pleasure. I really enjoyed sharing stories about the farm, and Ed, we'll see you down the road. We hope so. Annette, did you enjoy? Any more questions? I did. Oh, my goodness, Al. You've been a fabulous guest. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us. Well, you've got to come out to the farm and visit. Okay. (laughs) Al, All right. Have a good evening, everyone, and thank you again for the invitation and the opportunity to share about the farm. Thank you for being here. Good night. Good night. Good night. That was uh, that was good. It's been a long time since that I That was very to. good. I, it, here's something, Ed. There was a little delay in our answers. I could hear it bouncing back. However, somewhere in the middle of that interview with Al, there was something going on there. We should listen back to that audio, and there was somebody talking in between. Huh. I don't think it was okay. you. I, I'm for sure, except my barking dog two seconds ago, there was nothing going on <laughs> in my background. Yeah. So we should listen to that because it sounded like something someone was saying. All right. And in two weeks, we're going to have a guest. Two. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm working on one just for about ten for ten minutes of the show. You're going to bring on a guest, the Mushroom Man. Is that? That's right, week? the Mushroom Man of Piatone. Yeah. Okay. And uh, he's going to give us some information, some. Uh, and that's pretty much going to handle this one. <laughs> um, right. He'll like tell he us about the... mushrooms, healing powers, uh, their abilities to help the earth. There's just so much about mushrooms. People have no clue. It's unexplained, but Patrick's going to tell us all about it. Well, the cool thing is, is after you had your CBD lady on, your friend, 
That's when we okay. had our honest, yeah, is uh, it actually opened my eyes to the stuff. And uh, I got to say, it's calmed me down. I take it before I go to sleep. Good. Great, great dreams. Oh, but <laughs> uh, calmed me down somewhat. So uh, I got to say good on that. And who knows about the mushrooms? Um, I was just watching something. I got 18 seconds about um, coyote. Coyote. It's a cactus. Coyote. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting on that. They hit on TV. So, um, but. Interesting. We'll but we're not going to play with that. <laughs> no. We'll be back in two weeks. Okay. Annette, thank you. Listeners, night, thank Ed. you. Blessed be. And good night. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.